Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You are looking live at VSIN Primetime. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here is Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel. Hour three of VSIN Prime Time, presented by DraftKings, alongside Jonathan Von Tobel. I'm Tim Murray. We're live here at the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Before we get to our next guest, let's update the folks real quickly. JVT, mm. I mentioned this uh, this stat of top ten teams on the road this year at unranked foes, thirty-seven and thirty-seven straight up, which is pretty wild to think about. Missouri, winless in the SEC, 12-point underdog tonight at home, leads fifth-ranked Tennessee at halftime. Circus Sports had the first-half money line plus 320 on the Missouri Tigers. So uh, if anyone out there cashed that, well Catch done. Up, baby. Uh, Jim Root did not. So, uh, Jim, you didn't believe in your alma mater, but the game's not over yet, so we will see. In-game, by the way, Tennessee minus 5.5 full game, so we'll see if the uh, Volunteers can come back. We'll uh, we'll revisit our plays of the night. Iowa up 45-33 on Michigan State at the break. They closed a nine-and-a-half-point dog. So uh, dogs barking a little bit as the second half underway in East Lansing, and now Iowa out to a six-and-a-half-point favorite in-game uh, on the road at Michigan State. More thoughts on college basketball, including Creighton. Coming up against UConn, bottom of the hour. We'll get to that shortly. But let's bring in our guest, Mike Sanford, longtime offensive coordinator at the Division I ranks. Most recently, the interim head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes has joined us all throughout the football season. And now, Coach, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of breaking things down, breaking down quarterbacks. Before we get into the pro- the uh, the prospect du jour today, which is Drake May, just take us a little bit behind uh, the scenes for you. How do you like to evaluate players from whether it was high school tape or now looking at guys wrapping up their college career? What are things that you look for in a player that stands out that makes you think they'll succeed at the next level? Well, I think it's so different in so many different positions as you're evaluating players and something that I've been fortunate to have the opportunity to do for a long time at all positions um, you know, as an offense coordinator, a tight end coach, a running back coach, a quarterback coach, and then as a head coach, you you got to evaluate and give the final stamp on any and all signees that you may take in, whether it be through the portal nowadays or um, whether it be through, you know, the rec- high school recruitment or even the JUCO ranks. And I think the big thing is it always has to start and end with their film and what they do in their product productivity on tape in games, because I think a lot of people fall in love with uh, the the workouts, um, you know, even the practices going around and as a college coach, going to high school practices, seeing guys, as we say in the industry, on the hoof um, and seeing them in person, you, you get wild by their physical attributes. But then there's times where you put on the tape and you're like, they're not doing what you you thought they would be doing at that size and stature. And I think that there's no position where that is more true than at the quarterback position. And I think that Drake May is a very interesting 
Uh, guy to watch this this week at the combine, or week week and a half at the combine, because he didn't participate in the Senior Bowl. Um, there was an, a little bit of an uneven you know, final season, 2023 at the University of North Carolina. Um, but you got to really trust the tape with this guy because I think combine wise, he's going to open up a lot of eyes. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to Drake May, uh, who is uh, right now the favorite to be the second quarterback selected. But if you're looking at the betting market, which is very fickle and can move very quickly, uh, you're seeing some movement uh, for Jaden Daniels up the board Uh, as a junior 3,600 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, nine picks, as opposed to his sophomore numbers, which were vastly uh, better, right? 66% completion percentage, 4,300 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, seven picks. So what did you see from his junior tape? Uh, We'll start with the positives. What are the positives uh, for Drake May? Well, he's got all the physical attributes. Um, He's got one of the most, uh, I'd say, uh, wow arms in this draft. Um, I think he's got the ability to make all the throws and has shown the ability on tape to make the full catalog of throws that you need out of an NFL quarterback. He does possess very, I think, intriguing athletic traits. Uh, he can take off and, and, and make plays with his feet, did that multiple times throughout the course of his sophomore and junior years at North Carolina. But I think the other piece about him is that, um, you know, he is built different. He, he's more linear. Uh, in how he plays. Whereas I think Caleb Williams, who we broke down last week on this program, he likes to color outside the lines. If he's in working on his coloring book, Drake may like to stay inside of the lines. And uh, there is some talk even here in Denver um, that the Broncos have a interest in trading up to acquire Drake may, which would be in line with what Sean Payton, we all believe is looking for somebody who can play within the lines and not always try to play outside the lines. I think Drake may shown that ability. Um, the biggest concern on him is how he started his final campaign at university of North Carolina. He had injuries at his skill position players, uh, around him. And I think as a result of that, uh, there might be some questions as to how much of it is him creating and elevating the game of those around him versus, you know, is he as good as his players surrounding him are going to be? Um, and, and I think that's the, the number one concern from talking to scouts, at the senior bowl, uh, when I went down to mobile several, about a month ago, um, was that those first four or five games of his final season, I think are going to raise some red flags. He has a bit of a long throwing process. Um, you know, in, in the NFL game, it's so much more about making the quick throws, the, uh, getting the ball out of your hands from un, like uncharacteristic, uh, unorthodox arm slots. That's not necessarily his game. Um, I think a lot of the comparisons that are coming down on him is, you know, maybe, uh, maybe at the top, he's a a Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. He's big, he's physical. He's got the arm talent. Um, He's going to be able to take off and run and move the sticks. But on the bottom end, unfortunately, there's another guy that wore the same color, same shade of blue at North Carolina, and that's Mitchell Trubisky. And I will say that the uh, similarities from a size, arm strength, talent perspective are, are there with he and Mitchell Trubisky. So when you watch and evaluate these guys, how do you evaluate what their workload is in college and how that translates to the National Football League? Because these guys are going to have a lot more on their shoulders, pre-snap, playbook, things like that. Can you get that from watching film? JVT, uh, you're spot on. And and that's what the jobs of these NFL scouts are. They go and they uh, sit down and, and spend I mean, unbelievable amounts of hours uh, in the film room and and all the terminology is on the screen uh, and available for those scouts to be able to see what kind of process that this quarterback has to go through. Um, Can the average, um, you know, even myself watching TV copies, see all of that, see if there were any uh, built in check mechanisms for the play. Not necessarily. You can tell sometimes with cadence, um, but the NFL scouts know that. And that is another knock JVT that I have heard is that the system that was in place at university of North Carolina was very simple and user-friendly for a quarterback. And that's going to be very different than what's going to be asked of him uh, in the national football league is that workload uh, between the ears, pre-snap and even post-snap. We're talking once again to Mike Sanford, helping us break down uh, the quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. Last week we did Caleb Williams today. It's Drake may. So we did some positives Let's look at some negatives and what would concern you about spending, hypothetically, the second overall pick. Washington sitting there. They have a quarterback from the University of North Carolina uh, in Sam Howell. Uh, They're going to go get a quarterback. And I think the question that people in the D.C. area and Cliff Kingsbury are considering, if Caleb Williams is gone, Jaden Daniels versus Drake May. So what are some of the negatives and the concerns about Drake May? 
Well, I think the biggest concern, if you do take Drake May over a Jaden Daniels, and frankly, you know, over a Michael Penix Jr. and a Bo Nix, you're taking a quarterback that wasn't as productive and didn't win as many games in his career. And you could say that it was because he was at North Carolina, not one of the necessary blue bloods of college football. Um, but he didn't really change uh, the trajectory of North Carolina's football program. And, that, and that's a concern. Um, they didn't win it, uh, you know, uh, historic levels for the program in his time as a quarterback in North Carolina. It seemed like there was always a, uh, a time in the season where they were hot. They were ranked in the top 10 and it just didn't seem like he, uh, the team and him uh, that being Drake may delivered in those critical moments against those teams that, that you should beat if you are the second pick of the draft in, in the national football league. And I think that if you are audacious to dr- enough to draft Drake may at number two, or there's even some rumors about him being drafted number one overall, um, then you're, you're passing up for sure. Jaden Daniels. And I think Jaden Daniels, which we'll get to hopefully next week, uh, Jaden Daniels ceiling is unbelievably high. I don't know that Drake may has that same type of ceiling. I think that Drake may might, might be more prepared physically to play right now in the national football league. But I think Jaden Daniels, um, he's got that possible generational type quarterback with his athleticism, his creativity as a thrower. And so you'd be passing up on, you know, a Jaden Daniels and then two other quarterbacks that I mentioned, Michael Penix Jr., who I think showed all the arm talent in the world to make all the throws. And then Bo Nix, who just wins and he won a whole heck of a lot at Oregon. So I think you'd be passing up on some, some really viable winners at the quarterback position. Yeah. We'll get to uh, Jaden Daniels, as you alluded to, hopefully next week. So, uh, uh, let, let's just let's sum it with this. If you were Washington, Caleb Williams is off the board. Would you draft Drake May? Drake May? If I'm Washington, uh, I'm I'm doing everything in my power to get up to number one. Uh, I built this thing around Cliff Kingsbury being an air raid disciple who's morphed into you know an NFL coach uh, through various experiences, both as a player in the National Football League and then uh, doing it obviously at Arizona. Uh, I, I do everything if I'm Washington to get into that one spot, get Caleb Williams because that's who fits you best. And then I think beyond that, I'm going Jaden Daniels yeah. um, because of his athleticism, the creativity, and that's what it, whenever Cliff Kingsbury he's had success he's had a dynamic creator at the at the quarterback position and he needs to go I think go get that guy in this draft who's the best creator outside of Caleb Williams if you're not able to trade up to one and get 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 Caleb Williams only got 30 seconds Russell Wilson you live there in Denver as good as gone well, there's a birdie on my shoulder. His name's Chad Johnson, <laughs> who had a birdie wow. on his shoulder, and he said that he's going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Pittsburgh Steeler. So, so I, I'd say whatever the lines are, uh, the little birdie that's talking to me, talking to Chad Johnson, I think that that aligns with what I've heard as well. I think that the little birdie's saying, Russell Wilson, going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Ocho Cinco Ocho. and Sanford, the newest podcast coming to uh, Apple Podcasts here. Little birdie is what it's going to be called. Hey, Mike, always appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. There he is, Mike Sanford, longtime offensive coordinator. Tonight in college basketball, UConn in trouble? Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. 
I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. We know you've been busy. A lot been going on. Super Bowl was here in Las Vegas, JVT, which is why we put JVT to work for you as we have released our free NBA at the break betting primer. Get the free guide today and bet the the NBA smarter. Apparently not read smarter. Futures bets to make right now. Eastern and Western Conference analysis, plus betting tips for the rest of the season. Head on over to vsin.com slash guide to get your free copy today. V-S-I-N.com slash guide. We do need to get to Daniel Jeremiah. From the NFL Network released a mock draft today. And I believe your response in our group chat was, this is a sensible mock draft. No, that's not what I said. No? I said it is the most sensible the draft. The most. That I have seen. Okay, there you go. Four quarterbacks, top eight, not one through three. Does that mean maybe we should look at Marvin Harrison going number three or to the Patriots? We'll discuss that a little bit later on here in the show. But we do have... Uh, A loaded-up college basketball slate tonight. Quick update, JVT. Villanova leading Butler by nine. They closed six-and-a-half-point favorite. Both teams very much in bubble discussion. Uh, UMass, which was a play of Wes Reynolds. We did not talk about on the show because he joined us in the 7 o'clock Eastern hour. Also, it's UMass. They are up. uh, Yes, that is also true. Uh, (laughs) They are up a baker's dozen. Iowa right now leading Michigan State. Sparty close a nine and a half point favorite. Iowa leading that game by eight. It's on Peacock, so we can't watch it. Uh, Missouri clinging to a lead in the second half, JVT. They closed a 12-point home dog against fifth-ranked Tennessee. Tennessee in the first half went 0 for 9 in the first uh, from three. I was actually looking to maybe get involved second half. Huh? Line was still pretty big. It was still, uh, I think Tennessee was still a six-point favorite. Makes sense, especially when you have teams tower rated this high. Generally, yeah. the, the market in-game is going to be pretty stubborn until you get late into the clock. I'll say this. It, it wouldn't be a top 10 upset, uh, but it would be a pretty meaty point spread upset. Did you point out this Arkansas-Texas A&M game? Texas A&M closed as, what, a 12.5-point favorite today against Arkansas after opening 9.5, down 35-33 as we start the second half of play, too. So maybe we get some, uh, we get some noise here today, huh? The dogs are barking. Also a dog that is barking. How about Syracuse on the road? How you feeling, Will Brinson? Yeah, Wolfpack. Uh, You're down 14. NC State closed a seven-point favorite against Cuse, who had lost over the weekend to Georgia Tech. All right, still to come. Bottom of the hour, Creighton hosting UConn. This is a play for your boy. I am on Creighton. We talked about it last night. Uh, Look, UConn has looked every bit the part. They are 
very well balanced. They've got size. They've got good shooting. Creighton could shoot it as well as anybody out there. And if they can get hot, which they've been playing better as of late, uh, hopefully they can get hot tonight. Baylor Shireman has uh, has been phenomenal so far this year. When you look at some of his numbers, shooting 37% from three. Uh, Trey Alexander, not too far behind. Uh, and then Ryan Kalkbrenner with the size. Hopefully they can yep. slow them down. Already lost to UConn. In uh, at stores earlier this season, got beat up pretty good, held to just 48 points. So hopefully we can uh, get UConn at the tippy top of the market and uh, Creighton only, depending on where you look, mostly two and a halfs out there, still a three out there at a shop or two. So I like Creighton in this spot. Uh, I'll take the three, but I, I certainly think they've got a, a real opportunity to win this game outright. So that game starting bottom of the hour in Omaha. You like... The Wisconsin Badgers right. tonight at home as Missouri has a seven-point lead, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, a little distracted. I'm watching this. Is, uh, this is good theater. Uh, now 38-33 with 16-42 left to go in the second. Um, yeah, look, so I laid this with Wisconsin. I think situationally this makes more sense. You know, we could freak out about the losses in five out of six games. Four of those games have come on the road for Wisconsin. We know how tough this is this season generally on the road in the Big Ten, how tough it has been. You also sprinkle, uh, sprinkle in there a couple of overtime losses for Wisconsin. So outside of the weird game against, uh, I think it was Rutgers, where Rutgers just spanked that yeah, booty. That was, um, yeah. Like this is a spot where now you come back home against a Maryland team that's one of the worst offensively in conference play. And while you've been kind of average to below average defensively, you got enough on offense to really win by margin here uh, in a better spot at home after playing four out of your last six on the road. So laid it with Wisconsin. Think situationally it's better for them. And, and they are still that team, right, that was power rated pretty highly when they got off to that, what was it, a 16-4 start or whatever it was, especially on offense. So laid it with Wisconsin and also went uh, money line with San Diego State later today against Utah State. Me against the world, baby. Uh, Wes Reynolds and some of these other folks up on uh, social media seeing a lot of Utah State. So I'm either going to be feeling pretty good or feeling like a fool. But either way, money line, San Diego State. Let's roll, baby. As text. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't land one or two. That would uh, that'd be worst case scenario for everyone out there. For them, not for me. Well, I mean, if it's a one point win for Utah State, I'm saying. Oh yes, I got a money line. Yeah, now, that's what I'm saying. If San Diego State wins by one, I don't care as long as I win. But you wouldn't win because you have Utah State. No, I've got San Diego State. I'm sorry, I'm having. Y'all right here? Yeah, no, I'm not. This is the third time you questioned me on my own play here. I was trying to figure it out. It's Freudian slips here. You're you're not giving me any confidence. Come on. <laughs> By the way, I was just looking back. Wisconsin was as high as ninth in Ken Palm just like a month ago. Right. So this is a team uh, that, like you mentioned, has had some some tough losses on the road. Uh, but I think tonight, Cole Center, I think this is, I agree with JVT, is a good spot. Uh, I laid a little seven with Wisconsin, but also put them in a money line parlay with BYU. The Cougars, uh, Cougars, I think they could really use this win. They're safely in the field right now, but you're working on seeding. You're coming off a terrible loss against Oklahoma State by far and away. Uh, I guess not by far and away. West Virginia, you could argue, is the worst team uh, in the Big 12. Either West Virginia or Oklahoma State. Probably Oklahoma State slightly better, but regardless, uh, they lost and wasn't really that competitive against Oklahoma State over the weekend, so getting a bounce-back effort for the Cougars. It's baked into the number. We talked to Matt Metcalf about this, right? You're, you're buying... Uh, the situational spot with this price. So what did I do? I like Wisconsin. I like BYU. Let's put them together. Both get victories, plus money, money line parlay. But uh, I do like BYU in this spot. Baylor, brutal situationally at West Virginia, now in altitude for the first time uh, playing at BYU here. BYU, you look at how they've played so far, JVT at home in conference play. Their only conference loss... Well, they lost to Cincinnati right out of the shoot. But since then, they've beaten Iowa State at home. They beat Texas at home. They beat Kansas State at home. They beat UCF, who's not great, but they still beat them at home. Houston, they lost to uh, at home. But I do like the spot here for BYU. A couple other games uh, still to tip off. A little late action coming in on TCU. The hook's mm -hmm. getting scooped up here. Uh, Texas Tech against TCU. Red Raiders. Uh, TCU, uh, a team that came off of uh, an impressive win. You know, it was back and forth. I had Kansas State in the spot on Saturday. Uh, it was a noon Eastern tip time, so I was pretty much in short a loss. Um, 
because I don't think I've ever won in that window in the history of uh, of those games. But uh, Jameer Nelson Jr. hit a big three late in that game. Uh, Texas Tech for them, they're coming off of a loss against Iowa State on Saturday. So they, in the proverbial, you would think, bounce back spot here potentially for Texas Tech. But a little bit of buyback here on uh, on the Horn Frogs in this spot uh, here coming up shortly. Anything else for you that is uh, of an interest? I know Wes Reynolds likes Wake Forest to put with Wisconsin yep. for a money line parlay. So Wake going up against Pittsburgh. That game coming up at 9 o'clock Eastern at Winston in Winston-Salem as well. Now you hit on a couple of them, I guess, um, to go with the theme and to annoy your friend. Uh, San Jose State on the road against Boise State. Uh, we saw this, what, open up Boise State 16 and a half. Uh, against San Jose State. Current number right now is like floating around like 16. Um, but for San Jose State in recent form, it has not been great. One and eight straight up and against the spread the last nine. Yeah, it's, yeah <laughs> it, it hasn't been great. And, and Boise State has been a much better team at home. 11-2 straight up, 7-3-1 against the spread. And, and a Boise State team, too, that I think, you know, I would argue – uh, while they are one of the teams that is uh, among the six that is uh, inside the bracket at this point right now for the Mountain West, um, you could argue they can need a win here in a big way. Losing to Colorado State and Utah State both on the road a couple of games back, bounce back against Fresno State, but to just kind of get another win here. I uh, haven't won more than two games consecutively since going back to December 29th to the 12th, so to get a second consecutive win here and to start to rattle off some wins on the easy part of their schedule. They have San Jose State, Wyoming, Air Force coming up. Uh, to watch Broncos, the Broncos come out here and I think uh, lay the lumber and beat the crap out of San Jose State. I don't think it would be too surprising here tonight. And then lastly, uh, I threw this in as an official play. I'm going to take San Francisco. Uh, massive spot. We talked to Wes Reynolds a little bit about it. He is uh, on it as well. He was able to push me uh, over the top on this one. Uh, St. Mary's, uh, from an injury standpoint, keeping a close eye on Joshua Jefferson. Hasn't played here in a little bit. Averages 10 points a game. Uh, he is actually out. We're not keeping an eye on He is not going to play in this one. St. Mary's got the best of them on the road uh, earlier this season, so I think a little bit revenge. I think this is a competitive game. Huge spot for the Dons, who are definitely not an at-large opportunity, but uh, this would be a massive win for them. I think they keep it close. I think it's a competitive game. I'll take the points with the Dons tonight in Moraga against St. Mary's. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. Doug Ellen, creator of Entourage, next. is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full v- access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Head on over vsin.com slash pro to subscribe today. VSIN.com slash pro. The fighting Jim Roots of Missouri still leading by three. They were mm. up by seven just a moment ago. There was one market here in town in-game that got as low as minus 130 money line on Tennessee, who closed as a 12-point favorite. So uh, I took a little bit of uh, a swing on Tennessee here to see if they uh, they pulled this comeback, or we get a massive upset on our hands, and Tennessee falls to a winless Missouri team in conference play who sits at 0-12 in SEC play. Uh, and they lead currently by five now. Oh. So Mizzou fighting and uh, seeing if that crazy trend of top 10 teams losing to unranked foes will continue. All right. Doug Allen, creator of Entourage, joins us right now, as he does on most Tuesday evenings. You know, the talk of uh, the sports world on Monday was, ah, this all-star game is ridiculous, Doug. I don't know. It's as JVT, I think you said, it's an all-star game. These guys play a long season. I, I didn't really bat an eye, and if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But did you have a, a hot takeaway from uh, from what we witnessed over the weekend in Indianapolis? No, I, I didn't. I mean, it, it definitely bored me, but the three-point shooting was uh, at least mildly entertaining, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. It's like the Pro Bowl to me. I don't, I don't really care about it at all. 
Right. I mean, I love the NBA more than most guys, and I don't want. I haven't watched an All Star game for like the last four years, five years. I don't think it really is. And actually, as a guy, it's entertainment television, and so is the NBA. But my point, Doug, too, was you know back in the day when you couldn't see these guys all the time, the All Star game mattered. Now, when you have League Pass and YouTube and TNT and ESPN, you get to watch all these games and see all these players. It's not the showcase that it used to be. You can get away. You can get away with actually getting rid of it. I think. Yeah, and it's true. And also, you know, I mean, the slam dunk competition hasn't really interested me in many, many years. I can't remember the last time it did, but you know, the the a lot of the stars don't want to do it and they haven't in a long time. So it's just the whole weekend's kind of boring to me and it has been, but it doesn't affect it. I mean, I actually hate that the NBA's off because I love watching the NBA every night now. So <laughs> um so I think the NBA is never better and the All-Star game is never worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think uh, JVT, you said it. Pretty much maybe outside of baseball because it's just baseball, but Pretty much every All-Star game sucks. Can we just agree to that? And if you want to watch it, watch it. I was watching Utah and UCLA on Sunday night. I I found that much more uh, entertaining. But you mentioned it. Uh, We ask you every week. We're now at the break. You're sitting back. Will you be courtside at Madison Square Garden for some playoff games, Doug? I mean, the Knicks are definitely going to the playoffs, but they got to get healthy. And as I said last week, I feel very good about them. I think they have a great team. I think they have all the pieces to make a run, but they got to stay healthy. So we'll see what happens. What do you make of the teams in front of them, specifically Milwaukee? I kind of think I've been making the case here uh, that from like a power rating standpoint, from a probability of winning the East, it's time to realize Milwaukee's like the same team as New York or Cleveland. And they're not this monster that people think they are, that the betting market thinks they are. Yeah, I don't I don't get what everybody's waiting for with them. You know, um, a lot of people had concerns when the season started that their defense was going to be a lot worse without Drew Holiday and with Lillard. It clearly is. And uh, I don't expect I expect them to get knocked out in the first round. All right. Let's get to uh, kind of a weird thing that popped up. Uh, you live in L.A. Uh, I assume, you know, because he was on your show that you and LeBron are just buddy, buddy, you know, so you get the inside scoop uh, of, of what he's, uh, what he's thinking. So what did you make of, uh, of the reports that golden state was uh, kicking around trying to trade for LeBron? And I guess from, from the LA perspective, how, how has LeBron been perceived there uh, as a Laker? You know what? I, I had heard that that trade was going on, not like from deep insiders, but a lot of people were talking about that before it really came out in the press. And I, I think it would not have shocked me somehow, you know, Peter Goober and the rest of the warrior owners have become the great owners in both sports, you know, and, and soccer as well, where they make things happen. And I'm sure they tried to do everything they could to make something exciting happen. Um, I don't, you know, I always say this to you guys about L.A. I'm not, I don't take the temperature of the L.A. fan base. I don't take them very seriously. Um, You know, when they're winning, they're very excited. When they're not, they're not. Um, I don't think LeBron is ever going to be Kobe, even if he won five more in a row or Magic or Kareem. Um, But I think people like him, you know, I, I, I don't know. So I thought I'd, my bigger takeaway was about his uh, 50-50, whether he'll have a farewell tour. That's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. I, I mean, the guy I mean, the guy who did the decision is not going to have a farewell yeah. tour. And by the way, he should. I'm not even making fun of him, but why even say that? It's just weird. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping you were going to get there, which is that guy's going to have a farewell tour. Like, there's no oh. question that that guy's going to have a farewell tour. Probably the biggest ever. Yes. Well, right? it, it's funny because I, I feel like I, for the most part, have have defended him on many levels when I was just generic sports talk, whatever. I'm like, this dude's ridiculous. He's incredible. We haven't seen a specimen like him. But the guy does, does love attention. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So there's 100% that he's going to have a farewell yeah. tour. He's like, I might Tim Duncan it. I'm like, there's no way. You and Tim Duncan, outside of the fact that you're north of six foot nine, uh, yeah. have not much in common. No, I mean, and, and you know what? Again, he deserves it. Yeah. And you know, it's silly arguments when you talk about him. He's as good, you know, is Michael still the GOAT? Probably, but he's as good a basketball player as we've ever seen. The longevity is so ridiculously absurd that that's got to count for an incredible amount as well. And, uh, you know, he deserves it. And it wouldn't shock me if he gets another title somehow. So, um, but he's he's completely full of it. There is no <laughs> shot he's not having a, a farewell tour. Like, I could see Steph maybe doing that, you know, but not him. 
So where do you stand as an NBA fan when it comes to experience and giving you an advantage in the postseason? Because the Lakers, uh, as well as the Warriors, Doug, could find themselves as seven and eight seeds and facing two teams in Minnesota and Oklahoma City that don't have a ton of experience. Do you think that actually helps for some of these teams and gives them some upper mobility? I mean, you know, I think that that experience thing is usually like like a bigger thing than they say. I think the big deal is is that teams play differently in the playoffs, and then we'll see if those teams are really built for it. You know, I, I called I called my Laker friend when the f- first game of the season when I saw OKC playing. I said this team's going to be in the finals. Now I'm not going to be that bold to say that, but they have all the pieces. And Minnesota, I was not expecting to be this good. But, you know, you got to say, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, we've seen him melt down a, a number of times over the years, but now the stakes are higher and, and we'll see. Is he that good? By the way, I mean, just watching him shoot three pointers like that is so crazy. Um, so I think there's some really good teams and I would not be surprised if anything happens. But just like last year, it would not shock me if the Lakers all of a sudden are the second best team in the West. So we'll, we'll see. Talking to Doug Ellen, our weekly guest, uh, creator of Entourage. Uh, Entourage the movie, of course. Uh, the star of Entourage the movie was Russell Wilson. And uh, the latest, Doug, is uh, Chad Ochocinco is out there saying that a little birdie told him that he's going to be headed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, producer Britton is a big Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Uh, how excited should he be if... The greatest actor ever to grace your set, Russell Wilson, is a Pittsburgh Steeler. I mean, Tomlin's not going to put up with this nonsense, but, um, <laughs> you know, he's he's a great coach. And, you know, I think um, he always finds a way to win. So it would it would be a good spot for Russell. I don't know how I don't know what else they can do, Pittsburgh. So I guess it's not a bad move. But, I, you know, I don't have any higher hopes than Sean Payton, you know. Um, with some offensive weapons. So I, I don't think uh, Russell's winning another Super Bowl. I don't think that's the answer for Pittsburgh, but it might be the best they can do right now. <laughs> Doug, you're an East Coast guy. You're a New York guy. You play fantasy baseball? No. Oh, all right, never mind. You didn't pick Quite Aaron Judge. He's a Yankee guy. You didn't pick Aaron Judge. You yeah, went Freddie I'm Freeman. Middle, I'm in the middle of an offline draft right now during the show, so I was going to pick your brain on my next selection. You know what? I know. should play fantasy baseball. I need I need more stuff to waste time with. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I, you know what? I've been I did fantasy basketball for like 15 years and fantasy football for 10 years, and I haven't done anything anymore. And 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 it's not because I'm busy. I'm just too lazy to to sh- focus on the draft. Well, here's the thing. Then, I, as an East Coast guy, I'm trying to convert Tim to get excited for baseball season. Do you like baseball in general? Do you yeah, watch he's a big it from guy? I, I like baseball a lot. Am okay. I going to sit here and tell you I watch it regular season like the NBA? I, I don't. Or the NFL? Or even the NHL? No. But when the playoffs come and the Yankees are there, I'm very excited and I get involved. So I'm a, little bit of a, I'm a little bit of a front runner, but 162 games I can't do. All right. I don't mean to end on a, on a somber note here, but uh, did you watch that Rangers-Islanders game outside? Uh, I didn't. Oh, that's probably a good thing. That's good. I saw some highlights. There was enough for me. For those, Doug is a big Islanders fan and hates the Rangers with a fiery passion. And the Islanders uh, blew, what, a five-goal lead? It was uh, pretty bad. Doug, always appreciate it. Sorry to end on a a low note there. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Be good. There's our guy. Doug Allen, creator of uh, Entourage. Yeah, not not the best performance uh, there to wrap up the season there. Come on, Creighton! Let's let's get the night finished off on a high note. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app, use the promo code VSIN, V S I N, when you sign up, DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours alongside Jonathan Von Tobel I am Tim Murray it is VEASAN primetime Tennessee has taken the lead 55-52 with 843 to go one of those uh what'd you lay uh minus 130 money line on Tennessee oh okay okay I got you got you yeah I had to do some math in my head real quick that's why I blanked down yeah I think at that point it was 42-35 and uh I should have put more on it I mean, in hindsight, it's not over yet. Yeah, no, that's true. No fat lady has sungeth. No, uh, 55-52 there. Tennessee has taken the lead on the road at Ooh. Missouri. Now 58-52 as they have taken. Uh, they are on a 23-7 to run. Is that right? 23-10? to Something like that. Math. Not our strong suit. Not, not a strength. Not, not a strength. Uh, Creighton and UConn about to tip off there in uh, Omaha. Looks like a pretty good crowd uh, there at Creighton. So uh, hopefully the Blue Jays can take care of business. Now, right. to be honest, I don't know, man. As crazy as it sounds, as Tennessee has now taken a eight-point lead, you're on cover watch. Yep. <laughs> this game was 12 closing, and it is now 60-52. to 52. Tennessee has taken an eight-point lead. That'll right. be a that'll be a tough loss. I got a yes no question for you. Yes, sir. Will Purdue make the final four? Yes, plus one sixty. No, minus one ninety five. At what point do we come in and lay no? That's my that's my answer. By the way, is no. I really believed in this Purdue team, and I'm not trying to react overreact to just one game but the Ohio okay, State well, the Ohio State game spooked me I mean, because uh, I thought they had a really good game plan for Zach Eady and the guards didn't step up and it just was like all right here we go again this is what they do right and so that's what I think and look I'm not I don't think they're going to get upset in the first round again or anything like that 
But when I watched Purdue and I watched what Ohio State did to them, especially defensively, which is like, hey, all right, you're going to play like this plotting drop coverage where you're you're like much lower than the free throw line. Well, then every time we run a screen, we're just going to kill you in that soft area of the floor. We're going to pull it from three. We'll pull it from mid-range. And that's going to happen to them again. They're going to force the issue there. And if you're Purdue, you're obviously not going to take Edie off the floor because he's your best player. And, you know, I just – and on the other end, when I watch him, you tell me you watch it a little bit more than I do. <laughs> he lacks a certain physicality. UConn up 7 nothing, by the way. 18-24 left to go in the first That a boy, Creighton. Way to come out firing, boys. You're right. You're right. Uh. <laughs> that looked very athletic, that, uh, that dropped rebound. Oh, this is hilarious. You're only but, down by four. That's true. Okay, looking at the bright side. UConn up 7 nothing. Hey, the Sharps were on this side, though. Come on, Creighton. Good Lord. Bodes well for my San Diego State play later today. Yeah. So is... no on Purdue? Uh, yeah. Look, he's a plotting slow big guy, and defensively it's going to get exploited. Sorry. Don't buy it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it would be more no than yes. I would have looked yes recently, but... The other thing, too, as you watch this and get distracted, I'll say this. Yeah. People keep making the comp for Virginia, right? Mm. The year after they lost yeah. to uh, I said it. I whatever, look, I've right? said it. Yeah, they lost to uh, VM, UMBC. UMBC, thank you. I think the difference for me is that Virginia team, the second time had around, pros. had not only had pros, they were a low-key, efficient offense, with a th- which, which ran through their backcourt, right? Like, they were a good three-point shooting team that played from the perimeter. They were not reliant on a 7-2 big guy, who, when caught in space defensively, was an issue. And I, and I think that's kind of a really big difference for me is that offense was low-key, super efficient, awesome from three-point range. And the next year around when they went on to win that title, while they were very good defensively, that offense was very good. And while Purdue's very good on offense and defense, the way that they play, the difference in which they are driven, I think that's why I don't buy the Virginia comp. Yeah, I'm looking back at Virginia. Uh, obviously, slow. One of the slowest teams. Pace. Am I right? The offense, right? Well, some oh, of the yeah. three-point numbers. Like they were one of like the best three-point shooting teams in the country. They were top ten in three-point percentage. Yep. They were number two offensive efficiency. Uh, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, who was a lottery pick. Uh, Kihei Clark, who played for about 37 years there. Right. Him and uh, Perry Ellis, <laughs> two oldest uh, players ever. Uh, Purdue uh, more offensive than defensive obviously 21st mm-hmm. in the country in defensive efficiency look i i think matt painter's actually a good coach i think everyone kind of craps on him mm-hmm. um but look history has told us they're going to run into uh they're going to run into someone that's going to figure them out and that's that sunday game at ohio state which was a great spot for ohio state off of the you know fired coach situation kind of us against the world um Man, but that just that just kind of reminded me of like, eh, I don't know if I can fully buy in uh, on this team. All right. Um, I did want to hit on something real quickly. So Daniel Jeremiah, I would say, is one of the more respected draft analysts. He's from a breakdown of players and, uh, you know, worked in the front offices, whatnot. His... Mock draft came out today. Caleb won. Drake made two. And he had New England at three, taking Marvin Harrison Jr. This is where I want to focus. He said, in this scenario, the Patriots go the veteran route to fill the need at quarterback, which frees them up to trade the number three overall pick or to take the uber-talented Harrison. And then, and this wasn't source. This was just a opinion from Matt Miller, draft analyst over at ESPN. And I thought this was interesting and made me think a little bit too regarding the Patriots. He said, pre-combine draft take. The Patriots should not draft a quarterback at number three overall. This roster isn't ready for a rookie quarterback and would just set his development back. This isn't Houston with a Hall of Fame left tackle and a solid supporting cast. This is closer to Carolina and we saw how that worked out. 11-3 UConn. Good job, Creighton. Um, By the way, I'd add to that really quickly. Yeah. It's Chicago with Justin Fields. They stripped that roster down to the studs, and then they drafted Justin Fields and said, good luck, kid. And he was not good. And you could maybe make the argument that it stunted his development as a quarterback. I, I completely agree with that assessment where if you evaluate the roster, everybody keeps saying draft the quarterback, draft the quarterback. 
You want to build the roster first. Give him something. Let the uh, let the long of the tooth veteran take all the lumps for you while you build up the roster. And look, it's going to come down to I think New England could trade out a three. Um, and is somebody trading up to get a quarterback? Is somebody trading up to get Marvin Harrison? I think it's more likely than not that New England trades out. That would be my February 20th guess on what they do because I think both breakdowns and analysis are accurate, and especially if a team like the Giants or the Falcons don't get a quarterback, trade up Denver. If Drake May is still there, we heard Mike Sanford say that there's a lot of interest in Drake May. I think New England sitting there at three with this board breaking the way that it, it ultimately will. If I could make a bet right now that New England trades out of three, I think that would be my play. That they don't make the selection at three. So what was interesting was New England at DraftKings was plus 350 to draft Marvin Harrison. Plus 225, Harrison goes third overall. What is the better bet? Or is neither a good bet? I mean, I think Marvin Harrison to go to the Patriots is is really good. Plus three fifty. Yes, I, I when you look at it, and you know, I know we brought this up earlier uh, with our guest Ryan Wilson. The the pushback that I wanted to have there because he brought up the Patriots draft history. Well, Bill Belichick's gone. Yeah, right? he's like, not this making is, a selection. They, uh, this is different, and so when you're talking about the what you're looking at as a roster, the importance of wide receiver, allowing your wide receiver to grow and have a year under his belt, then you go get the rookie to then give him, what is that at that point, a veteran presence and probably one of the most talented, if not the most talented in this uh, field right now. It looks like he's going to be um, a near lock to be a good player. I think that's the way you go, man. I get trading back. I do all. I, I understand all of that. This is a Patriots team that has been desperate for a wide receiver of this caliber since what? Since they signed Randy Moss as a free agent? It's been a really long time. And to give that roster this, get a veteran quarterback and start to build from there, I think that's the way you do it. I think there's a ton of value there at plus 250. All right. Let's go uh, take care of business tonight. Hopefully uh, uh, Creighton can wake up uh, during this media timeout down six. Go Wisconsin, lay the seven. Uh, BYU, Wisconsin, Moneyline, Parlay. Let's go San Francisco, catching the seven and a half. And uh, JVT is uh, going against the grain tonight and taking San Diego State and get it at three and a half now. Win outright, baby. Win it outright. UTSA tomorrow, baby. Plus seven. Massive letdown spot for South Florida, 10-0-3 ATS in the American Athletic Conference. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Thanks to Ryan Wilson, Brad Biggs, Wes Reynolds, Mike Sanford, and Doug Ellen for JVT. I'm Tim Murray. Hoops Peterson is next. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network.